Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hi, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And when I tell you guys, I know I say this a lot, but I am so excited to have our guest on today. We have Paula Garcia Todd on today. She's our guest. And, and so we formally never really met. We are sort of in the same circle of people who are in the STEM space who are doing, um, I think she's doing amazing work. And um, I just, I reached out and she said yes. And I literally did a happy dance in my office. (laughs) So I want to welcome Paula to the show. Hi, Paula. How are you? And welcome to the show. I am doing great. Thank you for such a warm welcome. I am so excited to actually be talking to you because like you said, like we live in this virtual world where I see you on LinkedIn and Instagram and all these different places. And it's amazing to be able to chat with you one-on-one. So thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. All right. So let's get it started. As we begin every episode, I ask the following question. Paula, please tell us your STEM story. I would love to tell you my STEM story. So Um, I think my STEM story might be a little different uh, than what I hear most young people that are interested in STEM tell me about, um, just in the sense that I grew up surrounded by STEM. Um, I come from a family of engineers. So my grandfather, my father, my uncles, my two older brothers, they were all engineers. So as I was growing up, I was never really asked what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was always asked, what kind of engineer are you going to be? And what kinds of problems are you going to solve? And, you know, I found it so annoying when I was little, but now I look back on it and how incredibly lucky I was to grow up in this environment where it was almost like an expectation that I could do engineering. There were no questions asked. If you wanted to do engineering, you could do engineering and, and, that amazing optimism really carried me through. Um, so I'm originally from Brazil. Um, I came to the U.S. when I was nine. I didn't speak a word of English when I moved here. So I always tell everyone anything's possible. I'm living proof of that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was it was a, a hard transition to come into a new country and I was always, uh, you know, given the family I grew up in, right, I was always really good at math. And um, I always relied on that. And so, you know, yes, I, I was nerdy in high school. And um, that was that was part of my identity. That's who I was. I identified myself as being someone who was smart and good at math and, um, in, in you know, in chemistry as well, which led me into chemical engineering. Um now, I chose chemical engineering because one of my older brothers uh, studied chemical engineering. And while he was doing graduate school, I was in high school and I went to visit him. He was at Ohio State 
at the time. And I spent a week with him and I got to visit his lab and see the things he was working on. And I quickly realized, you know, this is a little bit more aligned to my interests, which at the time were really focused on pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I decided, okay, chemical engineering is it. I'm, I'm going to do this thing. So um, I went to Penn State and um, I am a hardcore Nittany Lion. I bleed blue and white. I love <laughs> Penn State. I love my experience there. Um, and, you know, there were several factors that, that, you know, led to my success there. Um, so for one thing, not a lot of universities have this, but Penn State does. Uh, they specifically have what they call the College of Engineering Center for Outreach and Inclusion, um, which is very focused on re- recruiting and retaining underrepresented students. Um, you know, at the time, I, I didn't realize how valuable that was. I just knew that I had a community of Latinos. I had a, a, a community of women. Um, and I had a lot of, of multicultural friends. Um, we all kind of came in as a cohort together. And we really leaned on each other throughout college. We had access to tutoring. We had access to a lot of things. Um, that I, I honestly, I always thought like all schools had this and, um, you know, that, that was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, a lot of my success comes from the fact that Penn state had a specific office that was focused on the success of underrepresented students. Right. So kudos to, to that for, for them, for having that. Um, I also, uh, you know, I guess I, I also see some of my success based on my curiosity and my self-initiative because my sophomore year, um, I just got a little interested in what professors were doing in the chemical engineering department. I started talking to some professors um, and I got really interested in the research that one professor was doing in particular. And as an undergraduate, I asked them if I could help around the lab and learn a little bit. Um, and he took me in. And so I started doing undergraduate research my sophomore year. And wow. I was so into it that mm-hmm. by the time I hit my senior year, um, you know, he pulled me aside and he was like, listen, you've done enough research that you could actually get a master's thesis out of this. So, you know, you should consider staying an extra year, taking the coursework. And you could graduate with both a bachelor's and a master's within a five-year period. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, it looked easy on paper. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you, that year was crazy. Right? Like <laughs> Finishing the research, taking all these graduate-level classes, writing a thesis, defending the thesis. It was like the hardest year of my life. Um, but it was so worth it. And I look back on it, and it really wouldn't have happened Um if I hadn't started asking for it, if I hadn't started asking questions and, you know, being curious. And so that, you know, really helped me. Um, And so upon graduation, um, I got a a job. And like I said, I've always been interested in pharmaceuticals. So at this point, I've been working in the pharmaceutical space for 18 years. Um, I've done various types of roles with my engineering background. Um, I started off in what I like to call the typical chemical engineering role, where I was working in manufacturing plants, um, scaling up processes from lab scale to pilot, from pilot to commercial scale, right? Like that is a very typical chemical engineering role. I Mm -hmm. love that role. I learned a lot in it. 
Um, and then I went back into a lab setting again, that experience that I had in college and it opened up my, my mind and my interest in, in doing research. And so I also, you know, did, did research for several years, creating new polymers, um, you know, get, getting patents out of these creations that, that our group would, would come up with together, uh, really cool experiences there too. Um, and then I moved into what our company calls a technical service role, where I spent about four and a half years traveling um, all over the Americas and some a little bit in Europe and in Asia Pacific as well, visiting pharmaceutical companies to solve their formulation challenges. Wow. Um, and that was a crazy job, especially because I was traveling so much. I had a six-month-old, a two-year-old at the time. I couldn't have done it without the help of, you know, family that was willing to come and help watch the kids and, and the babysitter we had at the time. She was wonderful. Um, but I learned the most in that role um, because when things go smoothly, you know, they just are. And then when things go wrong, that's where you really start to learn the most. And I started to see a lot of things, you know, that, you know, and helping solve all these problems at all these different companies, man, I, I just, I learned so much about our, our products and, and pharmaceutical formulations in general. Wow. Um, and then from there, uh, I actually got recruited <laughs> by a marketing director at the time, he reached out to me and he said, Hey, Paula, you know, would you ever be interested in a marketing job? And I said, no, I don't even know what marketing is. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why would you ask me? Like, that is so crazy. And he was like, listen, now you really understand our products, right? You've been working with these products for all this time. You understand our customers inside and out. You've been visiting them, talking to them, solving their problems. You know, the marketing part, I can teach you. You have the more important stuff, which is the technical stuff that could really help us. Um, and so on to marketing, I went. So I went into a marketing research role for about a year and a half. And then from there, I got put into various marketing, commercial, product management roles. Um, and today, I sit in uh, what we call a, a global strategic marketing role. I'm responsible for about $500 million worth of sales of excipient wow. products that go into pharmaceuticals. Um, and the products that I'm responsible for going, go into one out of every three oral solid medicines that are sold globally. Wow. So, I mean, could I imagine being in a position like this, you know, when I was in college? No, but um, the reality is these STEM roles are so impactful. And as you start moving up into these different roles and, and, and functions and, you know, as you move up in your career, uh, the work that you do really, it, it's, it, it hits at a global level. It's very impactful work that, you know, STEM professionals have. I so, have, I've really enjoyed this, this your STEM journey. Um, <laughs> and it just, it brings home the idea that STEM isn't, um, it isn't sort of, I want to say linear, but that's not quite the, I mean, that too, but that's not quite what I mean. It's just, I just mean that it's, it can be broad, like it. you can use the skills that you've learned 
um, within your discipline and go so many different areas. It doesn't necessarily, you aren't locked in if, if you don't want to be, you know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I look at, um, you know, some of my childhood friends and, you know, some of them go into careers where like, that's their career. They do that same job year over year over year. And I look at my friends that have also done engineering along with me, and we've just had such a, a, you know, just an amazing amount of different experiences and different types of jobs and different career moves. I've seen people going to law. I've seen people go move on and, and, and do medical school. I've seen people, you know, like myself move into a business role. And by the way, I never went back to get an MBA. Um, I always tell people there's so much you learn on the job, right? You can learn it by reading a book, right. by going to school, or you can learn it by doing it too, you know? So, um, I mean, the foundation that's, that engineering gives you, it, it's astonishing. It's incredible. It, it really, well, I mean, I'm an, I'm an engineer, so it's like, yeah. we're slightly biased, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. I do have some questions though. So I, I, let's go back to Penn State. Right. Um, And talk about um, this, the center that sort of helped you be centered and provided you with a community. Um, And you kind of touched on how important it was, but I really want you to sort of delve into that. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, you can suppose you would know what would have happened if you hadn't had that center. But the fact is is that you did. But I want people to know, I I think I really want to talk about the community that you had and how beneficial that was to your to your journey. Yeah. And, um, you know, it it goes back to my upbringing and that, you know, everyone around me was an engineer. And so, you know, I felt pretty confident I could do engineering engineering. But the one thing that I didn't even realize, but I look back on it, it's so obvious. I'm the first woman in my family to go into engineering, right? I said, like, my uncles, my dad, my grandfather, my brothers are all engineers. And it wasn't until I actually went to engineering school and I sat as one out of a few girls, right, Mm -hmm. sitting in these math classes, engineering classes, and my goodness, like one out of like two Latinas, right. I, I mean, then you start to feel a little like your, your world is very small. Um, and um, yeah, that, that is a lesson I really carry with me to this day about building a community. Right. And so, you know, that the center of outreach and inclusion helped me find my community, helped me find other women, you know, for us to do homework together, for us to grow together, to support each other, because let's face it, everyone's going to fail a test. We all fail a test Mm -hmm. and we need, we need someone's shoulder to cry on. Right. And we're all going to take different turns, failing different tests. Right. But you, you need this community of, of, you know, sisterhood for, for women. Um, but I also had a lot of men in my community too. Right. And, and mm-hmm. men that I just clicked with that, um, you know, were strong supporters. Um, and to this day, I find myself looking for my community in the different roles that I've had and different businesses I've worked in and so forth. Right. Like you can't help, but look for that community of support, uh, people that are going to be there to cheer you on when you need it. Um, and then you also have to take an active role in that as well, right? You have, right. so like sometimes I tell people, if you know, if you if you feel like you don't need a community because you you already have one, that's great. But look around, 
because sometimes you will see people sitting next to you that don't have that community. So you have to be that community for other people as well. You know, you need to reach out and be like, Hey, I want to be part of your community. Let me help you out. You know? And yeah, I I just think, I think that's really, um, I think that's really, really important, especially as, as minority women, um, there's so few of us and I say so few, like, you know, there's like, I don't mean like there's just five in like the whole universe, but at the same time, it feels that way sometimes, but (laughs) it does when you're walking in spaces and you look around and, and you, you know, you notice that, Oh, there's only, I don't know if this is you, but, but I end up like, even at conferences when we were going to conferences, um, but like I would walk into places or like plenary sessions and I would look around for the other women. Yes. <laughs> and our, or I'd look around for the other black people to see, you know, yes. like, oh, I, you know, because there's this thing that happens. Um, I mean, truthfully, there's a thing that happens when you see you see another minority, you see another, or at least for me, another um um black person. It's like there's a there's a connection that happens. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, I see you, um, and and they, you know, and they and it's the same back. And it's just that sometimes that's literally all you need. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so that, that just needs to happen. Okay. So, so you graduate, you have this, you have a master's degree, you go off and you are doing wonderful and great things in, in your, um, using your, your chemical engineering degree. Um, I love how you basically were saying that you were very curious, that you asked a lot of questions that, you know, I always try to um, tell tell some of the young girls that I mentor is this, you know, curiosity, you know, usually they say curiosity killed the cat. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, we need to retire that saying because curiosity gets you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get rewarded um, you ask, asking questions. There are no dumb questions. Ask the question, the one that's in your mind that you think, oh, if I, you know, if I ask this question, He's, you know, it's going to under uncover, you know, what it is I don't know. And I'm always like, that's exactly the point. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't know, ask the question, how else are you going to know? He's he or she is not going to know that you don't know. Right. Um, and they don't know that they that this is a this is an opportunity for them to put on that educator hat um, in informal ways and on the job that's going to help advance you. And so we need to give them the opportunity to do that. And it sounds like you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, before we move into one, one little detail, I do want to share about my, my undergraduate experience as well. Um, And, and I took it for granted as well, just because that was something I naturally wanted to do, but I do still encounter a lot of students that don't bother looking for internships or co-ops or work experience. Mm-hmm. That is critical because when you're learning something in the classroom, it looks completely different than what that job is like day to day. And um, so I would encourage any students um, and trying to figure out, you know, what does mechanical engineering look like, electrical engineering or whatnot, Go out and look for these work opportunities, work over the summer or these co-ops, any of that. And I always tell people too, like, if you have an experience that you love, that's fantastic. But if you have an experience that you hate, 
that's fantastic too. Cause then you can start crossing things off your list, right? Mm-hmm. You can say, yeah. no, I did not like working in a lab. That is not for me. <laughs> Great. That's not it. That's Cross not it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How else do you discover, you know, what you really want to do? Um, if you don't have these experiences and, and they should really start at a college level, don't wait until you graduate and, and try to get into the workforce. Um, you know, I, these types of experiences are really critical and they help you get that first job too, because it shows yeah. an employer you've had some experience, you've actually worked in a manufacturing, a lab setting, whatever it is, very, very helpful to get your first job too. Yeah. And it, it kind of, it catapults you to the, to the top of the list or the head of the line or yes. whatever the analogy you want to use. Um, yeah, co-ops and internships. Um, I had, uh, this week's episode had Kanika Talber on it and, um, she's talking about dating jobs and, and, um, sort of like trying on a job. So, yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. like when you get, you know, before you, you find the one you you're, you're dating different people and, and internships and co-ops are like you, you know, you're on a date. Yeah. Um, so you're finding out the things that you like and you don't like, um, or, you know, you're like, ah, I'm still unsure about that. I might go there. And I think it's like, it's one of those things where the, the more opportunity you have before graduation date, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you can make a, a, a more informed decision. And it's not to say that it changes. I mean, your career alone is, 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 is evident that like, because you started in a place does not mean that that's where you're going to end up. Absolutely. Absolutely. can take a lot of different turns and different routes. Um, Like you said, there's not just one way to get there. There's a lot of different paths that take you there. So, so going back, so when you got approached by this recruiter for marketing, I mean, did did you ever ask him like what his what was his when he you know he he approached you so like you asked him what his thoughts were like yeah um yeah, I thought he was crazy no <laughs> like sir <laughs> you know what I do right 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 um and uh yeah it was a, a combination of this goes to something that um I've realized over the years you tend to assume that whatever you're good at, everyone else is good at because it just comes so naturally to you that you just assume, oh, everybody's like this, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And he saw different things in me that I just thought were, I don't know, everybody's like this, right? Just the way I treated problems or the way I talked to people or the way I communicated with, with coworkers. And um, he, he just saw things in me that, I thought everybody kind of had, you know, these, these attributes to them. And he was like, no, 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 I, I really do think that you can take your technical skills because you're strong technically, but you can definitely also really succeed in an environment where we need a little bit more of the communication skills and the soft people skills and the teamwork skills and things like that. And, and he was right on. It was a really good fit for me. I, w- I would have never taken that leap if someone hadn't suggested it. Wow. I just, I really love this story. Um, there's so many really good nuggets in here that, that, um, our audience can take away from it's whether you are young in your career or you're more established is that there is, it's 
there's no limit on when to, you know, when and where or how to pivot. Um, you, and you probably should be more open to, I say should, but being more open to ideas that may be outside of the realm of your view um, could probably, it, you know, could probably be um, helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it could be helpful. And honestly, it could bring a little bit more excitement into your career. I see a lot of people that just feel kind of stalled and kind mm-hmm. of stuck doing the same thing. And that's where you kind of, you have to just pivot, pivot one way or the other and just try something new, you know? So, okay. So, and you wouldn't necessarily, or maybe you would, would you say that this was a, uh, a career change or sort of a, uh, you know, maybe you made a, a turn, but not necessarily like a, you, you've changed directions totally. You're still moving in a direction, just not necessarily in the way you thought. Absolutely. Right. I'm I'm still moving in, in a direction, uh, the right direction. Let's put it that (laughs) way. Right. Uh, just not, not the way I thought I would be moving forward. Right. I thought I would always be taking on these different technical roles and, and maybe technical leadership roles and things like that. And, um, that didn't happen. Right. But, but I'm still definitely, you know, moving, um, you know, in a direction that I want to be moving in, but certainly I would call this, um, you know, a, a career move, a career change. Uh, for me, the only thing that's really stayed the same has been working in the pharmaceutical space because mm-hmm. that's that's a passion of mine. I, 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 I always thought that I would maybe like become a doctor growing up, but uh, I have three kids now and I can tell you when they hurt themselves, they go straight to dad. Cause I'm <laughs> terrible. Like I faint at the sight of blood, right? Like I'm terrible. They're like, okay, we need dad. Um, and so like medicine just wasn't in the cards for me. That was pretty clear. So my next best alternative for finding a way to help people was the pharmaceutical space. And, and so I still sit in there because that's my passion, but certainly I would call this a, a major career change. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, I I can, I can see it. I just, you know, I can see it, but in my mind, because I didn't live it. So that's, so in my, you know, I'm like, (laughs) "Ah, let me just ask. Um, Wow. So now you, you're um, in your, you know, you you said strategic marketing. I might've gotten that wrong. No, you got it. Oh, okay. So what does that mean that you're doing for people who are, you know, who just don't know? Yeah, uh, because I wouldn't have known uh, <laughs> sitting in, in other people's <laughs> shoes, right? Um, so strategic marketing is um, is it's very cross-functional in nature. So it's identifying the right priorities for our business to grow and ensuring that we have the right resources, working on the right things in our business. And so that also lends itself into a lot of the innovation projects that we have. And so mm-hmm. This is where I say my technical background, I still use that every day because I'm still working on these new technical pharma, you know, pharmaceutical solutions that we're pulling together. Only I'm sitting in the project team, not necessarily working in the lab, but I'm looking at it from a business perspective. I'm trying to understand, you know, what problems is it solving? Mm -hmm. Who are the clients that would be interested in in a product like this? 
what's the right pricing strategy to make sure that this is viable, that it won't die, right? And so it's it's looking at more of the business aspects of all of these new products that we're bringing to market. So still very heavily involved in technical discussions with our customers, with our teams. Um, I'm just bringing in that perspective of let's make sure that uh, we're going to make some money selling this new product, right? Right. Well, no, I love that. And I love the way you said that because it brought to mind for me with a lot of clarity, the engineering design process. Oh, yeah. Um, Exactly that. Um, But in a, a business sense, and how it could be used. I mean, and then you, you're working with all of the, the principal parties in order for all of these things for this, you know, for this pharmaceutical uh, product to come to come into being, you know, in all its fullness and glory and whatever else that, you know, that entails. But I think it's actually quite lovely. <laughs> You got it. You're right on. I mean, you're you're about ready to to go in an interview for a job like this. You, you nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I listen well. I listen well. <laughs> um, okay. So I have I have a couple of uh, well, I have one. Well, I have a couple of questions. Couple, maybe three questions. Um, tell me if you if you could like if you were thinking. I don't know, let's say 10 years down the line, 10, 20 years down the line, what do you, and this is again, hypothetical because we just never know, but what do you see yourself doing? Wow. Um, I'm just trying to survive the day to day, but um, 10 <laughs> years from true. now. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess, I guess this is a continuation to my STEM story, mm-hmm. right? Um, Something that I haven't talked about because it isn't something I necessarily, you know, do as as a as a job as a living is I, I consider it my side hustle to really work in our communities and mm-hmm. get more women, more girls, more underrepresented students interested in STEM fields and STEM careers. Um, not only because there's a shortage of STEM professionals across this country that that we're aware of, but like I said, STEM careers really provide a lot of opportunities. Um, they tend to be lucrative and, and they tend to lend themselves well to developing leaders. And, and so you don't have to stay in a STEM career to be a leader, right? I, I see, like I've said, you know, I've pivoted into business. You could pivot into government. You can pivot mm-hmm. a lot of different ways, um, but you have a lot of really good leadership skills that are built into, you know, a lot of these STEM careers. And so I'm really, really passionate about recruiting and retaining um, women, Latinos, Black employees in these careers. And, And so, you know, I do a lot of outreach to schools. I work with a a lot of different organizations, you know, Girl Scouts and Mm -hmm. Boys and Girls Clubs and all of that. Um, So, you know, 10 years from now, you know, where do I see myself? I would love to see that part of my STEM story take up more of my time. And so I don't know what that looks like. Uh, I don't have that planned out. I don't have it figured out, but um, it's, I I would love to see myself doing much more of that at a grander scale 
um, and impacting and influencing and inspiring, you know, more kids into STEM fields. Yeah. Now I will tell you, I can't wait to see this happen. I just want to be, <laughs> you have spoken it into the universe now. <laughs> right. I have, I really have. <laughs> so I can't even wait to see this happen. Um, and you have a supporter and a, a friend, a colleague, a partner in crime in me. Thank you. Thank um, you. You're <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so when, so you guys, the next question I'm going to ask is, is to tell us where to find you. And I say this because for those of you out here who have a similar goal, it, look, she's already put it out there in the universe. This is what she's trying to do. If this is what you're trying to do, you guys should partner together. There should be some collaboration. Some maybe this can th- this thing can be global as opposed to you know just in the United States or just in one state. It could be global. So yeah, look, I'm trying to make connections for you already. I love it. I love it because I love collaborating with people in different backgrounds, and and there's a lot of really cool things that can happen when you do that. Absolutely. So so yeah. So obviously in, in, in the world that we live in today, I, yeah, I do have a virtual presence. You can find me on LinkedIn, Paula Garcia Todd. Um, Garcia Todd is not a very common last name. I've got my Hispanic name and my married name right next to each other. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at watch me stem. Um, and I would love to connect with anybody, um, especially in anything related to outreach and advocacy. Um, I'd love that. Awesome. Okay. So, and then just, just so you guys know, um, all of her handles, LinkedIn, um, IG, um, all of that stuff will be in the show notes. Um, but just in case you guys don't read the show notes, cause there are some of you who don't read the show notes, um, you can out, you know, slow it down, rewind it back so you can get her, 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 um, all of her handles. Um, <clears throat> but it'll be there in just in case you missed it that time. Now, our last question of the day is if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? This is such a hard question because there's like a hundred things that I want to tell her, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I here I sit in my early forties and, um, one of the biggest lessons I've learned that I really wished I had known when I was younger is, um, this concept of, you know, you have to ask for things for it to actually happen. Um, I always believed, you know, you go to school and if you work hard and you study hard, you're going to get an A, you know, in, in your, in your test or an A is a, is a grade in that course. And, and so it manifests itself like hard work manifests into success. And I just don't find that to be the case in the real world. It should be that way, but it, it's not. And so sometimes you think if I just you know, put my head down and just work really hard. You know, people are going to notice and I'm going to get my next promotion. And, and it doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you really want it, you have to ask for it. Um, you have to ask for the next opportunity. If you hear about an interesting project that's coming up, you have to knock on, you know, in your boss's door and say, Hey, I hear this, this cool project coming. I want to be part of it. Um, you know, 
you have to ask for all of this. Even this outreach stuff that I do. I mean, now I do a ton of it, but when I first started, I, you know, I, I didn't know why if I'm here available, why isn't the school reaching out to me? And, and I would just start asking for it. I would start calling schools saying, Hey, are you interested in having someone come in and do chemistry experiments and talking to, you know, elementary school kids about STEM and, um, and then it grew and it blew up from there. And so everything that I feel has gone really well for me, I've had to ask for it. Right. Um, and, and that would be the biggest piece of advice I would give to myself to, to be proactive in vocalizing what it is that I want and going after it. I, I think that that's so key. And, and it's a thing that you, you know, nobody tells you this, right? No. Um, I can't recall at any point someone saying, hey, you should go and, and, you know, if you want this thing, you should go and ask for it. I don't recall that being in any part of any conversation I have with any mentor that I had back in the day or any advisor. It wasn't. So um, I think it's really key. And I think that it's something that because you, you know, you and I are both out here um, in the STEM space, um, spreading, spreading good, good word and giving good advice and mentoring students and, and doing the activities and the programs and all the things. Um, that uh, I think, you know, I, I can only speak for myself and say, I'm going to be more consciously aware of, of adding that into um, the things I'm telling, I'm telling students. Um, Cause that crosses gender lines, that crosses oh, racial does. lines. It does. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. ask for it. You got to ask for it. Yeah, you really do. You really, really do. Awesome. Okay. So um, I, again, want to, I, you know, I've said it before, but I'm really grateful and thankful that you agreed um, to be a guest on the show today. I have enjoyed this conversation. It went, it always goes so fast. It, <laughs> it always goes so I look up and I'm like, what? It's, it's almost been an hour. Almost. Yes. Yes. And I've really enjoyed talking to you as well. I'm, I'm so thankful um, that you were willing to, to have me on as well. And, uh, I, I really just really love and appreciate all the things that you do. You're, you're really making an impact and, uh, I really admire you. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right, you guys. So this, this concludes our episode, um, today of stemming and stilettos. Um, and as usual, you guys, please, please, please take care of yourself and awesome, Uh, and be awesome. And um, until, until we can meet again, you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.